Hi, everybody. Um, back to our dance podcast. We're discussing all things dance, and you'll know by now that one of the focus of this is to bring practitioners into the studio to give their opinions about about dance and also reflect a little bit on their own practice and that how that relates perhaps to what they've seen. So today we're going to be looking at Singapore Dance Theatre's production of Masterpiece in Motion, which was a triple bill. And I'm absolutely delighted to have in the studio today Adeline Stanley, who's a young Singaporean dancer, graduated from the high school of Sota and then went to the Rombert Training School in London, where she did both ballet and contemporary dance. And now she's uh, back in Singapore dancing with Frontier Dance Land, which is a contemporary company. But she attended the performance and we're going to get her thoughts on that. But before we do that, we'll just ask Adeline to say a little bit about what it was like growing up in Singapore as a young dancer training in ballet, going to Sota, and then your progression overseas. Hello. Hi. So yes, I mean, I grew up in Singapore and went to School of the Arts where I did um, ballet and contemporary. Mainly I did Graham Technique for contemporary and I enjoyed myself a lot. I left at 16 and ventured more into the world of contemporary. Uh, We did a lot of classical ballet repertoire as well. I think doing both really transformed me as a dancer. I think the dance I am today is very different to the dance I was when I was still 12 years old. So I think growing up in Singapore has, I had a good foundation at SOTA and I think going away to London, um, having that exposure overseas and now coming back, it's a whole journey that I feel like I've been through and um, very fulfilled. And now that I'm back, I'm very happy to be dancing in Frontier Dance Land and to share art and to share my choreography, to share my dancing as well. So do you think the scene's changed a little bit? Like when we get to SDT now, there's uh, a couple of the dancers have moved up through the ranks and are first artists with the yeah. company now. So did you grow up with some of those? Do you know them? And how do you feel about that? I do, actually. I remember watching, um, you know, Dancers like Xia Haying, Chia Mei Sing, Natalie Clark, all of them doing, um, I mean, Giselle, Nutcracker. And that was, I don't know how many years ago, but uh, now coming back, I see new faces and I see even some of the friends that I used to train with in London. For example, Elaine Heng, she was at Central School of Ballet and now she's is it first artist at Singapore Dance Theatre. And to see that familiar face, and I'm just so proud of all of my friends who are doing so well in the company. Okay, yeah. that's great. So let's move to the performance that we saw. And of course, Singapore Dance Theatre is a repertory company, yeah. as is a model throughout the world for many similar companies where they have a classical repertoire. They usually do a couple of full-length works a year. Um, they do a children's show. They do, of course, Ballet Under the Stars, which everybody loves. And this program, Masterpiece in Motion, which we'd have to say falls into the category of neoclassical dance, contemporary dance on point, if you like. And this production featured what you would call neoclassical in a sense, like works by George Balanchine and also a very early work by Marius Petipa and then a, a new work by Edward Lang, called The 13th Heaven. So let's talk a bit about what, what do we mean by neoclassical ballet? What do you mean by that? <laughs> For me, I see neoclassical ballet, actually the structure is ballet, strictly ballet, but you have the element of going into parallel, almost um, pushing the boundaries of what you call classical technique. And it's still a very strong classical foundation, but I think a lot of inverted hands, parallel, doing 
bandy hypermobile things, I think that falls into the neoclassical element. And I think George Balanchine, for example, The Four Temperaments, the first piece of the evening, I thought it was a very strong piece, a classical piece, but it showed off a lot of the lines and the technique. Partnering skills were full on display, and I just really enjoyed even the costumes of The Four Temperaments. It's so basic, but I think it brought out the essence and brought out the technique of the dancers. Yes, so the yeah. costumes were actually practice clothes, leotards yeah. and tights and point shoes. So um, everything was on show. You couldn't hide behind your tutu or your long skirt in that piece. It's a very iconic piece and very famous dancers have performed this piece, notably people like Arthur Mitchell, who was the first black dancer um, that went on into the, the New York City Ballet but then formed his own company, the Dance Theatre of Harlem. So it's a very well-known balance sheet piece and it also comes out of the jazz age with the music of Gershwin. Uh, Martha Graham was around at the time doing the iconic sort of hand gestures that were very angular. And I think the Balanchine piece actually picked up this jazz age feeling, as you said, with the turned in feet. It was quite quirky and quite fun. How do you think the dancers' performance, we talked about the technique, but do you think they got into the feel of it, the fun of it enough? I think watching them, I what I got from it was that they are so strong and the presence, the stage presence is impeccable. I think especially when it came to the duets, it just showed off beautifully their techniques, their extensions, especially for the women. I saw it as the man was there as a base, the manipulator. And the female was actually obviously being manipulated, but going into these weird hypermobile super flexibility, um, showing off the flexibility and all these shapes that were being created were such strong images that I thought as an audience, I really got that sense yeah, of presence. Yeah, I think presence. that uh, going back to the shapes that they were making, Balanchine's mm. known for these constructions. A lot of his work's called concrete abstraction. So the idea of dancers forming shapes and then dissolving and reforming and they're very clever, witty Mm. sorts of moments as the uh, groups come together, then they dissolve into solos, duos, partnerships. So we'll go back to the balance between a strong technique and finding the performance quality mm. in the performance. To be honest, I wish they'd put a little bit more humour into it <laughs> because it's very funny sometimes. You're up on point with your foot turned in and then suddenly you have to move. And at one point they went into a chorus line, really. It could have come out of chorus line with all in a line doing grand yeah. but more high kicks into a very quirky turned-in position. And uh, we should remember that Balanchine actually did choreograph for Broadway and I, I thought he really brought everything that he, yeah. he'd learned in America into this work, which was great fun and I, I just wish they let loose a little bit more with it. You didn't feel that? I think because I grew up also studying about Balanchine and watching what his works were like. Even I watched the video of New York City Ballet doing The Four Temperaments and I always grew up thinking... Oh, that's nice. Or, you know, um, I just thought that the musicality of the dancers was also very good. And even as you said, it's quirky, but they're doing grand batmons and they're just kicks. But the way they do it, they are just so precise. And even performance-wise, as well as their faces, their eye focus, their precision, everything was on point. 
Yeah, I thought they did a great job with it, with the technique, but for yeah. me just a little bit more fun would be good with it. I thought it was yeah. a brilliantly curated program actually by artistic director Yannick Shergan. We'll miss the middle work for a moment, 13th Heaven, and switch to Paquita, which was by Marius Petipa. And it's a very old, archaic-style ballet actually, but when you put it next to the Balanchine, you start to see the progression of the Russian ballet style as it occurred in Russia during Petipa time, going into the progression what Balanchine was able to do, bringing his American influences of the jazz age, the contemporary going on at the same time. But getting back to Paquita, um, and we'll talk about the costumes. Would you like to say what they were wearing? And- In Paquita? Yeah. Very red tutu. The main part of the couple were wearing white. I mean, I see it as a wedding dance, a celebration, and it was so happy and joyful watching Paquita. The dances were great as well. Yeah, and I think it was very vibrant, but unlike the Balanchine, it really stuck within the classical canon. Mm-hmm. The precision was there, the group work was there, the pas de deux and so on, but the actual form of the ballet, we had the turned out feet, we had the classical lines, yeah. and again, I think STT did this brilliantly in terms of the throughout it. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think... Funny you said about expression and how Paquita's strict belly and the whole turnout thing, because I felt that the dancers, when they were doing Paquita, they almost expressed more in their faces Mm. and in the way they did the dance. Whereas in Balanchine, although it's a neoclassical element and the movements were supposedly bigger and more stretched out, their expressions tuned into themselves a little bit rather than coming out on stage. So I thought that was one difference. Yeah, so why do you think that's so for, from a dancer's perspective? Do you think that the Balanchine's perhaps more daunting and more complex so it requires an intensity, whereas in Paquita it's much more fun, familiar, mm. you can just let yourself go. Oh, it might have been the last piece of the night, so let it all out. What yeah. did you think? I thought actually because Balanchine, his work really emphasises the shapes of the way the dancers create Uh, movement and I think having that zen expression almost it draws attention to the movement even as you said earlier these costumes they're so basic they're pretty much what dancers in vocational school wear I mean even the dance belt and a simple black leotard with the pink tights point shoes on and everything I just felt the technique was so beautifully shown because of how minimal the costumes were and almost the lack of expression um, so all this kind of packaged into this Balanchine piece, which is his signature, the way his movements are. I think everyone can really recognise a Balanchine work on stage, um, just with the inverted hands, the neoclassical element to his pieces. Do you think the audience like Balanchine? I mean, it's quite controversial around the world in terms of if it's popular, do people yeah. enjoy it? Uh, you know, is it hard work to look at the Balanchine because it is so stripped back? I would say now I think people enjoy it. I'm not sure about the people back then, um, how they received his work because it was almost so controversial and different to the normal classical work where everything is turned out. I wasn't sure if people were used to seeing extensions and hypermobility portrayed on stage like that. But I think now in this day and age, uh, we see that a lot and it's a lot of 
the current choreographers nowadays we take inspiration from people's work and older choreographers and i think now it's the norm to show hypermobility and yeah, to show these extensions i, I think you raised a few Good points there, that one is that it's stripped back in terms of the theatricality of mm. it, in terms of the costumes, the scenery. Um, the narrative is pretty minimal. There's more of a yes. general idea for the narrative, like the four temperaments rather than a story. Book ballet, which often people would go to the ballet for the story, for the spectacle of and Balanchine took all that away and just made us look at the techniques. So I think that was an interesting development. And Paquito is, is funny, like if you'd done the Paquito in the practice clothes, maybe it would have yeah. looked more like Balanchine. It still retained the beautiful tutus, actually. Mm. STT always has wonderful costumes, yes. and these were lovely. So I thought that the Paquita looked very modern in this program, as if you'd put it next to other older work. It yeah. probably would have showed its age a bit more. I thought that was an interesting artistic direction yeah. of those two pieces. So as a dancer, we were talking before you'd actually uh, learnt about Balanchine and, and done some Balanchine repertoire, is that correct? I didn't do Balanchine repertoire, but I study a lot about his works. And okay, so when you're watching, how do you think what you learnt about it relates to when you see a performance? What was in your mind when you went to see the show? Mm, I think before I went to see, I read a lot about Balanchine and his past works and not just the Four Temperaments but Apollo and all these previous works and I guess I went into a Masterpiece in Motion with an open mind and almost seeing it being delivered on stage because I haven't actually seen it live a lot of it I've seen just on video and I just thought already just on video how much power each dancer puts into the moves so seeing it on stage it did blow me away and I think I was very impressed with the theatricality but almost because it's so minimal the sets the costume and everything I was just focusing and enjoying the movement itself. So let's move on to the 13th Heaven by Edward mm -hmm. Liang which was really just so completely different from the other two in every way yeah. with the technique with the form with the context for it, it was very Asian context. Give us your thoughts about that. 13th Heaven, ooh, there were really nice formations, lovely partnering. I think for Edward Liang's pieces, I have noticed like he has really brilliant partnering work and I do admire the shapes that he creates, the formation that he creates. In terms of storyline, I did not really get a storyline, but I just enjoyed the whole, the transitions and the strong guys and how they lift the girls and the whole artistry of it. I think that this one had a, a bright yellow sun yes. throughout and yellow costumes. It's a very appealing piece. You could tell the audience. It was almost like a sigh of relief when this came on because the Balanchine really had to concentrate when <laughs> yeah. this came on. It was a very aesthetically a very beautiful piece to look at mm -hmm. and it was about this idea of group cohesion and this yeah. breaking away again and, and longing for being with somebody and then being apart again and again I thought they could have got a little bit more dynamic into that sort of sense yeah. of um, belonging and then 
breaking away and some sort of regression back and forth. So it would have been a bit more bittersweet. I thought Mm. there was a bit more opportunity for expression in the piece. But I think for the company, like they do this work very well. Mm. I think they do Edward Lung and, and this type of more contemporary work extremely well. They seem to just be more relaxed. And I think that what uh, he did in this piece was he gave it an Asian sensibility, I think, you know, not just the colours and the yeah. the sense, but this idea of being a group which you goes on, no matter what happens to people in the group, the group goes on in a journey and people break away, they come back and it's and always just coming well. back in a very supportive way. And yeah. I, I think that resonated with the dancers and the audience. In terms of performance, do you think this style was easier than, or easy is probably the wrong word, but um, <laughs> in a way it sort of was less physically demanding, so perhaps they could give a bit more on the emotional side? I think there was a lot of flow in the piece, and it's something very beautiful to watch. And this flow, I think, as a dancer myself, I watch it and I go, wow, I wish I was dancing in this because it's so nice. I can only imagine that the dancers on stage must be feeling like this is so nice to dance in because of this flow. And that's something sometimes classical ballet doesn't offer because it has certain shapes and um, the positions to be in. Whereas this contemporary piece, I mean, this is why I also love contemporary because there are endless possibilities and the flow is just unending and it's so much to give. I think in terms of even the program order, because it went four temperaments into a contemporary piece, 13th Heaven, and then a classical, strict classical ballet piece, Paquita. I really admired the dancers for the way they handled that order because it went from neoclassical to a contemporary piece to put on your point shoes again to do a classical piece. Whereas I think I've watched a lot of shows where it was curated such that the classical ballet piece came first. That's almost because you have your center for ballet and for contemporary you are, the demand is to go off your balance, to go off center. And for this program, Masterpiece in Motion, for them to do that, going off their balance, off their center, and then to find it back on point. I take my hats off to that. I think that was brilliant that they managed to do that. Yes, I think that we'll do a sum up of the company in a moment, but certainly SCT is very well known for its versatility and and this program really did stretch those limits and I think 13th Heaven relied heavily on the breath of the dancers and Mm -hmm. the flow occurred sort of vertically as well as horizontally like they were moving in and up and down in the space as well as back and forth towards each other and as you say off balance work as well and I think that the dynamics of that was very um very strong and and as you say the emotional flow as well as the physical flow of the dancers and combined with I think an Asian context 13th heaven and uh, let's get back to what dancers might find in the context of doing classical ballet in Singapore so if we say well does the balancing how does that sit here it was almost to me like when they were doing 13th heaven there was a sense of well we know what this is we recognize <laughs> we understand we could be part of this whereas balancing you're much more mindful of your technique and yeah. and being the precision and that sort of thing so as dancers how do you think that they transit that in the context of being in Singapore I think as a dancer and as a contemporary dancer watching 13th heaven it does give me a sense of home. I recognise a lot of the movements more rather than, um, although I've grown up watching Balanchine's work online, that watching it live, it was very different, but I do enjoy 
it as well as an audience member. I it's not as familiar as obviously the ballet work or the contemporary work. It might be new to the scene in Singapore as well. I think audience might not have had as much exposure to neoclassical works as much as they have for ballet and contemporary. Yeah, so I think STT is doing a, a great job in bringing such diverse repertoire mm. to Singapore and, and these, um, you know, Edward Lung's on the world stage choreographing for many companies as are other choreographers that are creating work for the company. So that push towards keeping this neoclassical repertoire going alongside and also bringing new works like this world premiere as well as maintaining the um, narrative ballets yeah. is an inventive way of approaching a company in in a place where you're probably juggling the East-West in a way. I mean, what is the sensibility of, what is the purpose of restaging these full-length, very European aesthetic ballets yeah. and then introducing more sort of Asian context into that work, mm-hmm. you know, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely, I think it's also very different when you take a work that was made in America, that was made for an American audience, you extract that out and you bring it to Asia. I think even as a choreographer, I can only imagine Balanchine going, ooh, that's different. Like the audience might be taking it differently. And I think that also speaks a lot about the culture of each country. So probably the audience in Singapore received it very differently to the audience in America. Um, A neoclassical work which has classical ballet elements, obviously the formations, but also introduces a lot of lifts, interesting lifts. I mean, in Edward Liang's piece, they did a lot of acrobatic lifts that I thought, if done without the artistry, it could look just like gymnastics. But no, because they, they added emotion, they added, um, they expressed very well, and the artistry came through. Yeah, so how do you think the company... There are a lot of dancers in all the pieces, really, when you look at it. Um, Balanchine was much more broken up in a way, but the number of dancers in each piece. So you think as a dancer, the dancers enjoy this sort of more working together, cohesive pieces rather than a hierarchy one yeah. where you have a principal like Swan Lake, obviously the prince and Odette O'Deal, the <laughs> principals, and then it goes down the ranks, whereas the contemporary work's much more democratic in a way. Yeah, I think in the contemporary work, there was a sense of unity and they had something to do with the number of dancers on stage. They looked like an army, but a beautiful army and the flow was so amazing to watch. Um, Each of them really listening to each other, um, using their bodies to flow into one another. I think there was a I saw a motif in the second piece where the females just fall into the men. They just fall beautifully and the men just catch them so gracefully. And I think that was something that I took away from the show and and went, wow, that was something beautifully done. Yeah, I think also that the idea of a SDT, I think it's a very cohesive company at the moment. With the, People have been there for quite a while and obviously the, there's new ones coming through, but they're being nurtured by senior artists of the company that have mm. been there for a while. And I, I think that's very evident in these group pieces. And it's something perhaps that is more difficult in the hierarchy story ballets where it's very clear who are the traditional roles of a company of principals through to the corps de ballet and how that works together. So I think a program like Masterpiece in Motion and also I think Ballet Under the Stars and then they've got Passages, which is a contemporary season. I think these seasons give a lot of opportunity for dancers to show their skills 
and moves through the ranks. And I think both Paquita particularly and the Four Temperaments had a lot of opportunities mm. for small solos, yeah. duets, trios where people could shine. And the diversity was amazing in the evening, yeah. Yeah, so as a dancer, do you think that that's important to you? Like I know in some large companies somebody can be in the core their whole life and they never get to do a a solo or, or any sort of featured part at all. So STT, because it's a smaller company and it's a regional company in a way, there's a lot of opportunity for the dancers. I'm sure dancers love to dance for the company. What do you think? I think for me, I grew up as a dancer thinking my goal was to be a versatile dancer and that always stuck with me. I think it's so important to be able to put on your point shoes, do the classical work, then strip them off right away and go into a contemporary piece where you throw yourself on the floor, where you flip, where you jump and just be virtuous. And I think for me, I've always tried to train myself to do that. <laughs> and going to London, um, being in a school where it offered contemporary training as well as strict classical training, that's where I really figured out what my style is and what I like to do. And I think... A company like Singapore Dance Theatre where they do classical pieces and um, getting in contemporary choreographers, I think that's something where every dancer wants to enjoy that kind of versatility in the company's repertoire. Having that challenge of a classical piece and then getting letting loose and enjoying the freedom of what contemporary offers. That's great. Okay, well, I think we'll finish with that. That's a great way to finish. So thank you very much, Adeline, and, and all the best with your work with Frontier Danceland, where you're both choreographing and performing. And I know they're very busy. There's a lot of programs coming up, so perhaps people can look online, Frontier Danceland, and, and see what's coming up next. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for having me.